0: La I'm sorry, 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 Sataya am sorry Boya. am sorry i am sorry i am I want you to be seated in the presence of the Lord. There will be a destiny decided tonight, a destiny determined, a direction determined by and according to your response to the specific things that I will say to you in the next few moments. The Lord began to say some very specific things of me on the drive here, in the last hour, when I felt like he came to the conclusion of what he would have me to share, I cannot describe to you. The weight of the awesome responsibility that I felt draped on me at that given moment, exacerbated by the thought of, and God knows. exactly how to go right where the the sensitive spot is. As I am feeling the weight of this service on me, I felt like the Lord told me not only to give you what I'm about to give you, But he put it in perspective for me as the minister, as the messenger and the minister tonight. He said, I want you to give it to them. The way, and God forbid, but the way you would want somebody to deliver it to one of your children. I'll say it again. Not Friday night, not Sunday. I understand Easter's coming and we're excited about that. But tonight, in this service, there will be direction that is determined that will ultimately decide your destiny not because of things that have or haven't happened for or have or happened or have not happened, rather for or to you. This is really not tonight about what you have faced or experienced, what has been said, how you have been wounded or hurt, up to this point, tonight's service is how you will handle, and listen closely, how you will handle the holiness of this moment. You and I are able to commemorate, celebrate this week because we have an example who finished everything else. Whether good or bad, and I don't have the time tonight to preface all of that, I think we ought to give our children the best start that we could give them. Really, that just doesn't even have to be said. That's a known, but truthfully, some start fast and furious. Some start slow. Some, it's years before they join this race. But ultimately, in the end, the real issue will will be whether or not we finish. We celebrate and we commemorate this week the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Savior, and I am reminded as I was driving here this evening of the words that he cried out right there at the end, it is finished. Lean in and listen closely. I won't be long. I started thinking about the things. Yes, he was fully God, but he was fully man. If you don't believe that, if you believe his flesh was divine, then you alleviate all the power of the cross. I'll say that again. If you believe that his flesh was divine, you alleviate all the power of the cross. He was fully God and he was fully man. I want to remind you that the Bible says that he was tested and he was tried. On how many points? All points. There's nothing in this house tonight, regardless of how ugly, The heinous, undoubtedly you get this many people under one roof. The heinous, the awful things that have been said and done. People that have seen things. People that have been through things that no one should ever have to go through. I want you to understand there is nothing that anybody has ever faced in this house or that anybody will face futuristically that Jesus Christ did not look at it
1: eyeball to eyeball. Jesus knew what it was to be hated. Jesus knew what it was to be lied on. Jesus knew what it was to be despised. Jesus knew what it was to be misrepresented. Jesus knew what it was to be left behind. Jesus knew what it was to be misunderstood. Jesus knew what it was to be rejected... Jesus knew what it was to have questions. Jesus knew what it was to be to be betrayed by his closest friend. David spoke of him and his relationship with Ahithophel. It was inspiration for the psalm, but the Jewish, the Jewish scholars believe that he spoke prophetically not only of David's relationship with Ahithophel, but he spoke of a relationship that Jesus had with Judas, and he said, if it had been an enemy, I could have bore it. No, it wasn't an enemy. It was a friend. There is nothing that anyone has faced in this building that Jesus did not face. He faced it. The Bible, I take it in its literacy. I take it in the veracity of its truth. In every point, if you've been there, he was already there. If you faced it, he already faced it. If you felt it, he's already felt it. And somehow... Somehow in his 33 some odd years, 33 and a half years, he managed, come on, God, yes, but in the flesh, fully man, fully God, he managed to navigate his way through this stuff.
0: And he jumped over these hurdles. He knew what it was. He knew what it was to face enemies, He knew what it was to be misunderstood.
1: He knew what it was to be castigated. He knew what it was for his name to be run through the mud. My God, I hope you can feel the heaviness and the gravity of this moment. My God, I feel I feel in my spirit that many times God has come to you with this. And somebody here tonight, come on, he's come back around to this again And in his mercy. But I don't know how many more times, come on, he's going to allow you to keep coming around to this. This is a point of truth, and you're going to have to face it. Come on, truth is what sets you free. And until you face truth and embrace it and change.
0: Jumping hurdles. His childhood, he's jumping hurdles. His teens, he's jumping hurdles.
1: His 20s, he's jumping hurdles. Three and a half years of earthly ministry, and every time he turns around, he's jumping
0: another hurdle. I'm going somewhere. This blows my mind, Pastor Gilbert, right at the end. After everything he's come through, after everything that he's navigated his way through, after everything he's survived, Jesus uses some of his last recorded breaths, some of the last words to come out of his mouth. open blinded eyes you better know it take up your bed and walk you better know it
1: be cleansed of your leprosy absolutely the books the Bible says that if everything that he did in those three and a half years could have been recorded that the books all the books in the world couldn't have contained it he did it for one he did it for thousands he did it for but some of the last recorded words Of Jesus
0: Christ was Father.
1: In fact, if you read it, read it from all four gospel writers. You cannot separate. Forgive
0: and finish. A man's race is not finished until he is forgiven
1: in fact if you look at it closely What you will find is after every hurdle in 33 years that he jumps over. Hear this preacher right now. Hear what I'm trying to tell you. The last hurdle that I see Jesus Christ going over, come on, before the veil is rent, come on, before before that thing happens in the holiest of holies, before you and I, come on, are given and granted this awesome opportunity of the experience of the Holy Ghost. The last hurdle that God God in the flesh had to jump over was forgiving somebody.
0: And if the last thing Jesus does before he finishes is forgive somebody, I can guarantee you I am no gambling man, and that's a
1: terrible and a tacky analogy to use in church, forgive the rhetoric, but if I were, I'll guarantee you, I would wager a whole lot on the fact that if you finish and if you make it, one of the last things you're gonna do before you finish is you're gonna be forgiving somebody. I'm thankful for the flow that's here. There's a flow here, but I'm going to tell you what I see in the spirit. There's some things, there's some things that are hindering the flow from being what it ought to be. Come on, because the flow, the flow as a church is determined by the flow in each and every one of us individually. Come on, there's things in the flow. There's stuff in the flow. And on this Wednesday night, God said, only forgiveness can open the flow back up. We've got to forgive. I I don't care if it's been 25 years. You've got to forgive. And I wish I could tell you that forgiveness was something that you did once and then you were done with it. That's not the way it works. Forgiveness is the work of forgiveness. I dare say If you take people that have tasted of what you and I have tasted of and you look at the numbers in the end, Pastor Gilbert, of those that didn't make it and you look at the percentages of those that have tasted of what you and I have tasted of and you look at the numbers come on, after having been exposed to what we've been exposed to come on, and for, for you to somehow not make it to be lost, and you look at how many of those people are lost I'm just telling you in advance the numbers, the percentages will be high come on, at the core of the problem, somebody had something in their heart, somebody had an ought, somebody had been. Bitterness. Somebody had.
0: Can I say what I feel?
1: Brother Marks, I feel like we've fallen out of love.
0: You didn't fall out of love. You fell out of forgiveness. I bumped this Monday night and it hasn't left me since I left here Monday night and I'm gonna come
1: back and I'm gonna do more and bump it tonight I'm gonna blow it up if the Holy Ghost to help me come on how ridiculous with kids come on little babies involved come on I don't care listen family counselors need a they need a mental examination if they dare open that and I'm not against counselors but I am against counselors especially Christian counselors who say well children are resilient and make some kind of lousy lame excuse for divorce let me tell you something we ought to be trying to find Every reason to stay together instead of looking for a reason to get what? To get rid of one another. I am tired of hearing this and I'm 41 years old, but there is an epidemic in Pentecost, and I'm gonna square my shoulders and address it. Come on, there's too many people saying, well, don't I have a right for a divorce? I'm saying, don't you have a right to forgive? Don't you have a right? Have you been forgiven? I'm not getting the response I need right there you know why because the spirit of the world has got in the church come on how lousy of a Holy Ghost quote unquote filled person irreconcilable differences why don't you just go ahead and have the lawyer put it in there the way it is I don't want to forgive Is this too specific? I'm gonna tell a spouse right now. You the other person living in the same house with you. You you, you continue to question their sincerity about whether or not they're going to really live for God. This is not about whether or not your spouse is sincere this time or not. This is because you're still harboring stuff in your heart and you won't let him up or you won't let her up and you want to keep them thumbed under because of some dumb mistake they made six years ago. Come on, none of us are perfect. None of us are without fault. None of us are sterling. I wish I could get some old timers in here that would help me right now. I want you to know that marriage is not just an institution. Come on, it is something holy. It is a covenant. It is a union. Come on, it is something that God takes seriously.
0: love my wife 23 years later more than I've ever loved her. But marriages don't last because people agree on everything.
1: Let me just go ahead and ruin it for you. Well, if we just had a marriage, we, if we just had a marriage like them, you know how you have a marriage like them? Forgive.
0: get rid of her and you go ahead and get rid of him when the reality I'll save you the money put it in the offering don't go to the shrink anymore I'm just going to tell you the truth they don't tell you the truth but I'm going to tell you the truth okay the truth is you have a propensity to hate and I'm not some psycho listen I'm not so some not psycho
1: maybe I am psycho I'm not some pseudo psychiatrist here tonight that's trying to read your mind There's no tarot card spread out here. I'm trying to talk to you in the Holy Ghost. There were things that happened to you in your childhood and you've got a propensity to hold grudges. You've got a propensity, come on, to find something and thumb somebody under because of something that was done. Come on, you go ahead. You go ahead and sabotage this marriage. Go ahead and get you another one. I'll tell you what will happen in the next marriage. I'll prophesy it to you before you meet her or meet him. Maybe you already have them on the hook. You'll destroy that one too. Feelings is not what buoys relationships. Forgiveness is.
0: Within six months of being married to me. Kiss took on a whole new meaning in our marriage. To my wife, come on, folks. Some of you are too young, and I'm showing I'm an '80s baby. <laughs> but there's another kind of kiss they used to talk about, and ain't one you done with your lips. Forgiveness. Feelings is not what sustains relationships. It was a lack of intimacy. Let me tell you, there's nothing more intimate than a person can do, Than a person can do.
1: There is nothing more intimate than a person could do in a relationship than forgive. And we got children in here. You we got children in here, and so I'll be cooth, but you read the other you you read between the lines. You want all that other stuff to come back? I'm gonna tell you when all that st- other stuff comes back. When you get your little wife by the hand and you have a prayer meeting, come on, and whatever it is that's between the two of you, come on, you get it on the table and you get it talked through and you forgive.
0: <laughs> Am I doing okay? I continue to be astounded. I've read books. I've enrolled in classes. When I say tens of hundreds of hours, I've sat in secular and seminary courses trying to understand all of this. My mind cannot get itself around. I continue day after day after day to be overwhelmed with the cases of sexual abuse and molestation in and out of the church. If there's a book on it, I've read it. If you know a good one, recommend it. I have probably already read it. If I haven't, I'm willing to read it. But at the end of the day, the only way these people are ever going to navigate out of this stuff and become victors, come on, and not victims
1: the rest of their life, is forgiveness. <laughs> Period. You have to wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm not going to depend on the medications. I'm not going to keep... Can I, can I say what I feel? Let me tell you something. If you can't pronounce... If you can't pronounce what the doctor's diagnosed you with, you need to quit claiming it. If you can't pronounce the medication he's put you on, you need to quit taking it. Oh, he's against medication. No, I'm not. But I am against, I am against, I am against antidepressants. Come on. I am against people ingesting things into their. Well, I just lost. Don't pull up on me. Come on, I may may sound like a a country bumpkin redneck from across the track somewhere, but I got a little bit of an education. Go home and read the side effects of those antidepressants that you think are helping your teenage girl. You want to help her? You and your husband learn to to love and get along. Forgive one another. You want to help her? Bring peace and joy back into the home.
0: Y'all lock up on me. Dylan Morgan just called. I'll call him back. Put him on speakerphone and let him tell you what I'm telling you is right. Y'all love him. <laughs> Little pip squeak wasn't even born when I got started. Praise God. <laughs> Listen, maybe him. There's nobody in this building who loves Dylan Morgan and me. Maybe him. I'm picking, but he did just call. Read the the label on that. Read the side effects on it, Brother Marks. I wasn't wrong. You know when you're going to get freedom? I'm going to tell you when you're going to get freedom. When you get more sick of being bound, than you are worried about being right. Now, I'm going to back up and try that again. You know when you're going to get freedom? When you get more sick and tired of being bound. Yes, sir. Then you are worried about being right or being justified. forgiveness has nothing to do. I don't forgive because it's an issue of who's right or wrong. I forgive because I want to be free. And I and I and I'm I'm a little hesitant to say this because you don't know me well enough to know that I do love you and I do care about you and I don't want you to feel like I'm insensitive well he ain't never been through anything well let's go in a little room here and I'll tell you a few things okay but I'm going to tell you something I'm going to tell you what I've seen from experience there
1: is more collateral damage that is done in a person's life than the initial act
0: by unforgiveness There is more collateral damage done after the offense when you choose to be offended. I'll tell you something else about unforgiveness. There's only one thing I think that's more selfish. Two. One, another one that's tantamount. And one thing more selfish than unforgiveness. Suicide. Sin is a tantamount to unforgiveness. Because you need to understand something that unforgiveness not only affects you, it affects the people that's following the footsteps that you're leaving in the sand. And Jesus, by all rights and by everything that was written, he was supposed to come through the line of Judah. But I'm telling you, God's ability to do his thing and to fulfill his word as we watch it unfold hinged on one man's willingness and ability to forgive Judah. And all it would have taken was Joseph to say, yeah. So when you choose not to forgive, it's selfish because you're not only withholding freedom from you and yourself, but who else are you affecting by choosing to continue to harbor? I refuse to be a host. To hate? My heart is not going to be a, 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 a
1: my-loo-fart. Do you understand what unforgiveness is? Unforgiveness is drinking poison. You drink the poison. Walk across the room and sit down and wait on somebody else to die.
0: And psycho, you want to talk about psychological? Okay, we'll talk about the psychological
1: side of it. Do you know what they're finally saying? That they're finally explaining that, that that people have the propensity to, to not forgive and to harbor hate and unforgiveness and become bitter. You know what? Let, let, me, let me psychologically explain to you what we're doing. Somehow in our minds, when we withhold forgiveness, we're making that person pay. Now you tell me on this side of it who's paying.
0: Some of the people you're harboring unforgiveness towards are not even alive. Some of the people you're harboring unforgiveness towards don't even know what they did to you. You're making them pay. Some of the people that have hurt you have moved on. There's a novel idea. There's some old stuff here tonight. Brother Marks, it's, it's the way that we're viewed, or it's, 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 it's people that have, it's, it's people that have been here or looking in from the outside, or it's, it's family members. It's, it's old. No, 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 no. It's, it's how you and I choose to react and respond. And I'm offering takers. Keep using it, just hermeneutically, homiletically. Just to understand you're wrong. Keep using it. I know what we mean. Keep using it, but it's, that's not talking. We use this at offering time, but it's not talking about money. I, I
1: hope I hope the principle applies, but it's not talking about money. Come on, give, and it shall be given unto you. That's not talking about finances. That's talking about forgiveness. I got some help over here. I'm a little weak over here getting some help. Press down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about forgiveness. Come on, I don't know about you, but I need forgiveness. I'm not perfect. Come on, but if I can't forgive, I have to understand I can't expect to be forgiven.
0: see a man, I want to ask somebody, you know who he is, I see him jiggling, jingling and swinging the keys to the prison you live in. How long are you going to let someone else hold the keys to the prison you're living in? I'm sure this has been preached. I've never heard it. There's no new thing under the sun. Never heard this before. I've never read this before. You're the first people I've ever told about this, and I want to—I want to tell you carefully, because I sure don't want the kids misunderstanding. But I want to close with this. How many's heard the old saying or adage about burying the hatchet? You heard that? I was shocked. You know, there's a fifth gospel, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Take a stab at it. Google. I'm trying to put some bread around this big old horse peel so it'll go down easier. (laughs) Laugh a little bit. I was shocked when I started studying the etymology of where that phrase come from. It didn't it doesn't mean dig a hole. It's not, in your Western mind, you're thinking of an axe or a small handheld hatchet. Dig a hole, bear the hatchet where you can't see it anymore. That's not where it came from. The particular hatchet where this phrase comes from served dual purposes. On one end was the double-edged blade that could kill. But the other end served as the mouthpiece for a peace pipe. I may write a book. I started seeing visuals and I began to weep. You're the first people I've ever told about this. And so the old saying goes back to you can't have it both ways. And so the saying buried the hatchet is to put the blade in the ground. You can't have peace and war at the
1: same time. You can't have forgiveness and fight at the same time.
0: It's one or the other. Please don't leave and go smoke a vapor pen tonight. (laughs) And Brother Gilbert find out about it and and blame it on me because I said go smoke the peace pipe. Are we clear? That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) We're figuratively speaking here. You can't make war and make peace at the same time. And some of you, this comes as a shock as you give me a keyboard player. Please keep your minds in this service right now. Because old feelings begin to surface again. Animosity and anger begin. I think Joseph is one of the greatest think he embodies he exemplifies his life is a convicting character of f- forgiveness and I went and I looked that's what I was looking at right here when I got started I looked at it again and you want you want to know whether It's really out of your heart or not. The Bible says that when they realized who he was and the power that he had, that they fell on their faces, afraid for their life. You go home and read it tonight. Joseph said, oh, no. Get up. And I'm convinced that the true test of forgiveness the true test of forgiveness is if you have let up the person who wounded you. Can, can, you, can you let them go on? Can you let them be blessed? Some things can be counseled. Some things can be coached. It's taken me 23 years to come to this conclusion, and I close with this. Listen to me. This is where we're at. With the same violence, the same energy. Some things, Pastor, can be counseled. Some things can be coached. Now listen. Some things have to be cast out. And there's two sides to that. Some things can be counseled. Some things can be coached. Some things can be cast out. And and yes, I do mean by the laying on on of hands. But the other side of being cast out is there's some things that can be coached. Some things can be counseled. Some things can be cast out by the laying on of hands. And some things have to be cast out. You can't keep pampering this. You can't keep pampering that. And the same feelings that come over you when that name's mentioned or that person's mentioned, the same. That same thing would come on you tonight and you could get a hold of that thing that has, whoever the, f- no, whoever the fool was, because that's what they were, who penned the words, who said the words, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, may break my bones, but n- words will never hurt me. That's one of the foolish, most foolish things that's ever been written by anybody. You want to talk about reality? In fact, you'll have to go read this. I've never preached this either. Go read. Go read how many things that Egyptian said to Moses. If I remember right, Bishop Gilbert, it was about 20 words. And the Bible says, and because of this saying, you think Moses just ran to the wilderness because he killed somebody, right? No, somebody said 20 words to him and it drove him to the wilderness for 40 years. you got to take back your life. you got to take back your joy. And every... Every one of us would love the moments, and I'm telling you, they're far and few between, and they're rare, where the person that's wronged us comes to us. I'm not waiting on that. Because the Bible says that Job, that the captivity of Job was turned when he forgave his friends.
1: If my captivity is turned when I forgive people, you can bet I'm not going, you wait on them to come to you and you're going to live in captivity the rest of your life. You want to start living free? Start forgiving people. You want to live in liberty? Start letting stuff go. I'm telling a wife tonight, let him up.
0: What if he does it again? What if he's changed this time and you don't forgive again and everything's destroyed? times that Jesus comes and he comes to take things. There's times that Jesus comes and he comes to take things, but the things that he takes are the things that are cast, the things that are given to him. It's not something that he can take against your own will. I'm telling somebody tonight, this is not some little, and I'm going to tell you whether the forgiveness is a seed or, or whether, as Paul spoke, of, of a root of bitterness, whether it's a seed or root. You don't play with forgiveness, at unforgiveness at any level. But I'm telling, I did, I've been doing this 23 years. I've preached untold, innumerable. Messages on forgiveness. I have never, this is the first time in my life I have ever felt like someone needed to get violent in the sense of casting that off. That's how serious this situation is. You've got to cast that off. You've got to bury the hatchet. You've got to quit. You have got to quit furrowing your fingers around that thing with a blade. Well, I'm defending myself. No, come on. you got to quit
1: defending yourself and stick the blade in the ground and say, we got to figure out how to get peace in our family. we got to figure out how to get peace in our marriage. we got to...
0: Tell you one of the greatest killers of revival it has it has the power to abort it has the power to abort apostolic power and authority it's the petty stuff people get. In. people keep stirred up bury it if there's something between you and somebody on the other side of this i'm trying to cover my bases here tonight i'm telling you get it get it. Bury the hatchet. Put the blade in the ground. All right. This is tough love, but I'm going to say it to you. You can't have pity and power at the same time. So you got to choose tonight. And if you just keep wanting pity... I hope you get the pity you want, but you're never going to have power if all you're trying to do is engender pity from people. A stamp. It matter bro it doesn't matter unless you let it matter I'm talking I'm saying whatever I want to say I'm talking let, let me talk let me say whatever i to say. let, let me do it God fights your battles period I don't even know what I'm talking about but I'm telling you you quit worrying about them you quit worrying about what they can do or what they can say or how they can hurt God fights your battles and take somebody by the hand we're going to pray and then we're going I'm going to open this altar I know what we usually do when forgiveness is a priest we come down here and pile up and there's a time for that we come down here and snot and cry and I'm not sure sometimes we don't do it and just come down here and feel sorry for ourselves and bandage up the wounds and pack them all again no, no, no we're going to approach forgiveness differently tonight I'm looking for people. If you're not serious in the sense of I'm done with this, I'm sick of this controlling my joy. I'm sick of this. Con- I'm sick of this controlling my peace. I'm sick of this controlling me. I'm just telling you what I feel. If you would cast that off. oh, this is just my cross to bear. Well, you've taken that out of context too. Go read that in the original. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. That doesn't mean drag it around. Go study it in the original language. That does not, it's not what it means. Pick it up and move it. Get it out of the way. So nobody's going to judge you, okay? If you're not here tonight, Ready to take a different approach with this. I'm talking about sick and tired of being sick and tired. Disgusted. I'm not letting them have another day. I'm not letting that have, that situation have another week. I'm not. And you're ready to cast it off. Brother Marcia, you believe it can happen one Wednesday night service? Let me tell you something right now. I believe it with every fiber in my being. I've done it. That's why I can preach like this. I've I, I woke, I've got up before and said, that's it. Not, not another day like this. What they said is not going to hang over. You just got to make your mind up. I said, you just got to make your mind up. I know what it is. Why, why do we have to I'm willing to show you my humanity. I'm not afraid you guys get scared oh you're too transparent. Paul Paul ministered with the me too approach. okay and that's the way I'm gonna minister. I know what it is harboring because the devil knows how to mess with me and it ain't messing with me you mess with my wife now that's how you get that's how you get to me. Do something to my wife now you're gonna get me ticked like right now. okay? I know what it is to want to get rid of it and not know how to get rid of it and get pleasure. I'm talking about for months. Having so much hate in my heart at something preacher did that I would get pleasure. This was what was in my heart. I would wake up in the middle of the night enjoying myself and I would have my hands around his throat choking. I seen his eyes bugging out and the tongue hanging out of his, and I liked what I seen until I woke up. I go, oh, God. But I know what it is to make my mind up that I'm not going to live under that anymore. And I know what it is to feel free. And I know what it is for the Holy Ghost to say, listen to what you're praying. Listen to what you're praying. And I stopped long enough to listen to what I was praying. And this was what I was praying. God, if you so choose to judge them, don't call me to the witness stand. Because I refuse to testify against them. I flew out of that cage like a bird set free. I'm telling you, we use this word way too loosely. I'm not using it loosely tonight. Destiny and direction will be determined by what you do or don't do with what I've just given you in the last 40 minutes. I'm standing in defense of marriages. I'm standing in defense of innocent children. I'm standing in, listen, I'm standing in defense. Do you understand if God tarries? I'm standing in defense of generations. I've seen one generation not get it completely out of their heart and manage to get to the grave. And then not one of their kids live for God and never even know, Brother Gilbert, their parents never even exposed to them what they'd carried all those years. Here in this building. I've also sat in the classes and I've studied the psychological processes of these mass murderers and the, un- and the numbers of them that had never owned a gun before. These people, this, uh, these guys that walk in into a workplace and shoot it up and kill four or five co workers turn around and turn the gun on themselves not even gun owners bought the guns bought the gun a couple of weeks before layer by layer by layer by layer by layer by layer it's bitterness and unforgiveness and I hear you right now saying oh I'd never do that okay let me tell you something about this flesh right here let me tell you something about this flesh right here unbridled it's a train wreck waiting to happen He was one of my closest friends. He's dead now. He's one of my closest friends in high school. His girlfriend, he knew about God, never had the Holy Ghost. His girlfriend had come around to church. She showed up. Our senior year, she showed up school with a bruise. I didn't want to fight him because I knew he was crazy. But I told him, I said, you can't keep doing that. In fact, I said I thought you were a better man than that. I said she's a little, little bitty old thing, and pushing buttons or this or that. Don't, don't give me any excuses. You, you had no right to put your hands on her. They stayed together through my senior year. I think she was a year, uh, a year younger than us. We, my wife and I was, uh, were, my wife and I was off preaching, and I got the call from home. Bro, she caught him sleeping one night after years of her, him beating around on her. She grabbed one of his guns, and while he was sleeping, she shot him full of holes and reloaded and started shooting him full of holes again. I'd never do that. You don't know what you're capable of. You look up at the, the, the jacked-up life of these school shooters, these kids. No excuse for us though. We know what we have to do. Forgive. Forgive. You bury the hatchet. Because you can't have forgiveness and fight at the same time. You got to choose which one you want. You you want to keep this going or you want this to stop? One more story, and I'm done. You're standing. I'm done. One more story. This is this is how I awakening it was to me. I was told, which come to find out, because this is the way this works, what was told to me that a preacher said, he didn't even say it. There you go. Now, I know there's some unforgiveness, that there's some legitimacy to, but I've seen a lot of people harbor stuff, and then when it all pans out, go ahead. I already feel you. You're back to treating it like you're little. You're not ready to cast it off yet. So somebody come told me there was a table full of preachers and this elder said this. I got upset. I was mad. How old is she? Five. That's about how old he was. I was sitting and it was a magazine. I picked the magazine up and my boy, my oldest boy, they don't, they, bro, they're so innocent at that age. I'm, t- I'm literally two or three weeks, that's it, into this. I am so mad. I feel like this man has. I'm sitting there looking at this magazine. And I turn a page, and it's an ad for a conference. And there that man's head is. My five, six-year-old son took his finger, and he put it on that man's head. And he said, Daddy, I don't like that I know for some of you, that's spiritualizing it too much. I shut the magazine. I picked him up. I took him to his mom. And I said, I'll see you later. I got some things I got to take care of. Now, you can say whatever you want to say. But that was a wake-up call for this boy right here. And God was trying to show me. That's how quick you leave it in your heart, how it can affect the people you're connected to. It's too young to, to even... I'm opening this altar right now. Again, nobody's going to judge you if you're not ready to cast it off. You just sit back here and pray about it. But if you're here and you say, you know what? That's that's enough of this. Hanging over me, me being worried about this. Letting this all keep me all tangled up in my spirit anymore. I'm done with this. I'm going to let them up. I'm on for, I want you to step out right now and I want you to come stand around the front of this building. Again, nobody's going to hold anything against you, but I'm asking you, don't even bother to come down here if you're not going to be aggressive about this. Brother Marcus, I thought, I thought this was Holy Week. Let me tell you something. You're not going to get any more holy than what's in this building right now. This is holy. This is holy. My family is more important than my little feelings. My family's more important than my little feelings. I got hurt. I got to get this out of my heart. I got to get this out of my spirit. Come on right now. I need somebody that's not praying to help me sing but I want the rest of you to cast it off right now lift your voice lift your hands and cast it off right now cast it off cast it off cast it off young lady cast it off mama sir I don't care if you've carried this 25 years cast it off
1: be the dad you've always wanted to be be the husband you've always wanted to be Be the wife you've always wanted to be. Cast it off. Cast it off. That's it. That's it. I'm hearing it. Cast it off. Come on, I can't hear you yet. When you get serious about it, Come on, you want victory, you'll put some volume with it. Cast it off, ma'am. Cast it off, ma'am. Cast it off, ma'am. Cast it off, leader. Forgiveness is the only fix. Medication's not going to fix it. Come on, you're going to have to forgive. Come on, I'm all about Christian counselors, but you're gonna have to forgive. I'm all about reading books, but you're gonna have to forgive. I'm all about talking about it, but you're gonna have to forgive. Come on, folks, please. If you need to step out, do it respectfully. This is a holy moment. There's something happening right now. In fact, if you're not praying for yourself, You ought to be praying for somebody else. You ought to be encouraging somebody else right now. Come on, forgive them. Whether they're here or not, forgive them. Whether they're dead or alive, forgive them. Whether it was word or action, forgive them. Father, forgive them. worthy of forgiveness this is not about them being worthy of forgiveness this is about you deserving freedom, they don't deserve forgiveness, you deserve freedom come on let's open the flow up thank God for the flow that's in this church but let's go ahead and get all the impediments out Come on, let's go ahead and get all the obstacles out. Let's go ahead and get everything out. Come on, if you've got somebody that's here tonight, come on I don't need you going to them and saying hey look I forgive you no I need the true spirit of forgiveness where you can approach somebody tonight and say look come on let's get this right come on let's get this under the blood let's let God take care of this let's bury the blade let's bury the blade let's be promoters of peace Mohusi kiti Yala Mahay Lamaya. Itala mo husi ti yala myata Itala mohusiata yala my toro moho siti ya lama. Come on cast it off, ma'am. Cast it off. Just like blind Bartimaeus. Cast off that beggar's garment. Come on, cast it off. He said, I'll give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But you gotta cast off the heaviness if you're gonna wear a garment of praise. Cast it off, young lady. Don't let this dictate the rest of your life. Come on, don't let this predicate whether or not you're gonna have joy and peace. Come on, do it now. Don't wait till you're 20. Don't, don't carry this into your marriage. Don't put this in your children. Get rid of it now while you've got an opportunity. Forgive. Cast it on the altar. Cast it on Jesus.
0: Utala bo kura bahasata. Kosotura Tayama Moya.
1: Bikota Bara Bahasateyama Burabahaya. Urababu satayama mohusataya. Hita ramo kosoto Yabaha yaba bahaya. Is there is there one or two? that'll just, will you put some hand motion to it? Does anybody feel radical enough about it? Come on, to physically make the motion. I'm casting this off. I'm casting it off of my mind and onto the altar. I'm casting this out of my heart and onto the altar. I'm casting this out of my heart and onto the altar. My God, there's a move of the Holy Ghost here right now. Cast it off, ma'am.
0: Ilebohosa tayala. Ilebohosa tayala. Ila mohos otoyala mahaya. Ita la mohos otoyala to Gotoyala mahaya. Come
1: on, pray with somebody there come on maybe that'll give them that extra nudge maybe it'll give them that extra little bit of courage they need cast it off come on cast it off come on I need a preacher to pray for me and cast it out no there's some things you gotta cast off yourself
2: But they said, Jesus, we mm-hmm.
0: way to, in fact, I really don't really want to dismiss this service. Maybe we'll just let them play and you filter out respectfully as you feel to go. Please hear what I'm about to say. The next 48 hours is so I understand that we live in a texting society. Don't do that. Don't just try to clear your conscience and send a text. can't see them in person, make a FaceTime call. Go have a coffee. Pastor, I don't (laughs) I don't think Jesus literally meant pluck your eye out or cut your arm off. But I do think he meant, if you're going to be saved, you got to get serious about it. And if it offends you, you go to whatever measure you have to. If you got it, I know this seems extreme, but if you got to go get on an airplane go see somebody if you've got to go stand at, a, stand at a headstone the next 48 hours I don't know what's gone on here since I left Monday but the afterglow I text pastor that's all I text him yesterday it's the afterglow of Monday This thing's building, it's building, it's building. And God only knows the people that will be here Sunday who need freedom. But how can we be facilitators of freedom if, if we're bound up our own selves? Thank you, Pastor Gilbert, for letting me be a part of this. I've been traveling 23 years full-time. Friday night will only be the third Good Friday service I've preached in 23 years. I don't know why we don't have church on Good Friday. To me, it's one of the most important days on the calendar all year long. We're building towards something. If you finish, and you finish... The way he chose for you to finish. One of the last hurdles you'll jump over is you're going to be forgiven somebody. It never stops. He wrote half to two thirds of the New Testament. He was no fledgling of the faith, he was not an apostolic apprentice.
1: Most of what he was going to do, he already did. You know what happened? Go study the history behind it. The boys he had raised up, he was all preaching, and the boys he had raised up was causing an insurrection within the church that he built.
0: And the old man, you'd think you'd get to the age where you wouldn't have to forgive anymore. And Paul's an old man, an old seasoned apostle. And he said, Lest I myself become a castaway. You know what he was doing, Pastor? He was scraping that out and casting it off. Because what good is it to keep your business together your whole life if right at the end you're going to get something in your spirit and allow it to sour you? Please use the next 48 hours wisely. Don't put it off. Why are you saying this, Brother Marks? Because you already, you have, God already gave you the visual. He already gave you the nudge, and I came back up here because God wanted me to confirm what you felt was Him. Go and do it. Have the visit. Well, what if they don't receive me? You go in humility and brokenness they don't receive you he'll receive you and he and he will receive your effort oh god please tonight if you would for me if it's okay these wonderful ushers and team if you would just Move the lights down. Please, when you get through, just kind of tiptoe out of here. Let's, there may be some people kind of want to hang around here for a few minutes. But I don't want to mess with this. I want the gravity of this. I want it to weigh on it. One more time, just lift your hand.